Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, I hope everyone's doing awesome. This is the uh, second podcast without visual. So uh, welcome to the pen of a ready writer back in its original form, audio only. Uh, I might go into why I stopped doing visual in a moment, but uh, I have a very special guest with me, um, uh, an actual friend of the podcast. If you've been a longtime listener, you know this man and uh, the joy that he exuberates. I have Mr. Uh, Blake Helm. Thank you for having me, Brock. Thank you for having me back. Amen. Anyone with the initials BH, I trust. <laughs> a man after my own heart. Amen. Well, uh, how are you doing? Just uh, what's life like for you right now uh, since the last peop- the last time people would have heard from you is uh, when did we go up to Georgia? When was that? Oh, that was um, April of last year. No but we also way. did the um, uh, One we, Spirit. We did the oh, One Spirit right. podcast. We yeah. did do that. That's episode like 16, I think. Yeah, that was in, um, was that in like September? Do you remember when that was? Um, I don't know, but you know what? I can check the YouTube while you distract them. That'd be sweet. So, uh, life for me has been—it's been pretty chill lately. You know, just been working, um, getting ready for this church we're starting in Wisconsin. Mm. Super excited, the Grace Place. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, just building up savings, uh, looking for a new car, and just enjoying life with the Lord. It's been really, really nice. Amen. That was October 5th, 2019. October 5th. So that's the last time you were on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Blake works at a bank. Indeed, I do. He works at the bank two minutes from my house. Oh, yeah. Uh, you recently got in a car wreck. I did. Yeah. January 27th, uh, around 11 p.m. Wow. Yeah. You're that scarred. Uh, oh no! I, I have I've had to tell the insurance like thirty times. I know the story well. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, but you were okay, and it wasn't your fault. So yes, could have been worse. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty miraculous, man. Going forty-five to fifty, mm-hmm. uh, somebody just pulls out in front of you. You, mm. you think you would have a, a scratch or something, but nope. Amen. Yeah, man. I think about. I was in two major car wrecks. The first one was when I was sixteen, I think. I was driving my 1998 Jeep Cherokee that I inherited from my big brother. And I was driving, and I the light was green for me, and I was going straight. And this person was trying to turn left. in fr- Like, they were facing me turning left mm-hmm. uh, into this Walmart. Yeah, and, like, I t- it, like, they totally did not have enough room to mm. go. Yeah. But they still tried. They were in a Mercedes, <laughs> and they just totally T-boned me. And uh, I was listening to this song called Wheels of Steel when I got in the car wreck. It was an outcast song. Yeah. Which was funny. And uh, I've actually thought about that. The second time, I was delivering pizzas mm-hmm. and, uh, and this infinity I used to have. It was raining, and I just hydroplaned right off the side. Whoa. And just, uh, I thought I was going to die. And what's even worse and more sad than that is I was happy to die. That's how depressed I was in my life. I was yeah. like, so happy. I was like, I'm going to hit this tree and go be with Jesus. Wow. Even in my despair and in doing drugs and whatnot, I was like, I still knew I I was going to go be with Jesus. And I thought about those times and, you know, I thought about how awesome God is to just, I wasn't praying. I was not seeking the Lord, you know, so that just totally deters the whole, you know, if you, 
you step outside his realm of uh, protection. Mm-hmm. You know, he lives in you and is around you, mm-hmm. and he protects you by grace, not by if you're having faith to Amen. be protected. Not that you can't believe that. and yeah. You might get some different results mm-hmm. in different places than someone who's not, but I just always found that astounding. Same. Isn't there a scripture that says, like, even, like, as we are unfaithful, it will not, like, mm. interrupt his faithfulness. Or mm-hmm. even when we are unfaithful, he is still faithful. That's funny you brought that up because me and Shannon just talked about that scripture on the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, First Timothy 2, which is just such a, man, I've thought about this verse and how contradictory it is to a lot of teaching. Let's see mm-hmm. here. I think it's no it is second timothy 2 because that's that whole chapter about you got to be a soldier ah yeah if we believe not yet he abides faithful he cannot deny himself which me and shannon kind of talked about how we believe that's like if you if you come to god and you're like "I, i no i am sinful i am imperfect i am not worthy to be with you if if uh, if we believe him not, yet he abides faithful, he cannot deny himself. Mm-hmm. Meaning he will say, no, you're wrong. Um, I deny you denying your, your sonship, mm-hmm. you being perfect. Right. And I, I've thought about that scripture in context a lot of, uh, in John 15, mm-hmm. um, you know, he talks about, if you deny me, yeah, you're going to get cast into the earth. You're a branch, and you're going to be cast out and stuff. Oh. And he says, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. And if you kind of read John 15, and I know you're a huge fan of that chapter, mm-hmm. it's kind of like he says, hey, abide in me, and also I abide in you. Um, Hey, abide in me. Oh, by the way, I abide in you. Yep. And then he says, if you don't abide in me, uh, men are going to be cast out or your men are going to cast you out. But he says, if you don't abide in me, he never says, I will not abide in you. Wow. Yeah. Now you see what I'm getting at. Yes. He doesn't say. And then, and then it says that men cast you forth into the fire, not God. It says men do. Whoa. Meaning you're going to be worthless in the eyes of man, mm-hmm. which I mean, all this, in my opinion, John 14, 15, 16, 17, it's all written to believers, but also exposes a lot of religious thought of, you know, and this is one of the most abused passages in the scriptures, right? About you better be producing that fruit, yeah. you know? So men, men, if you're not producing the fruit that they want, Mm -hmm. their self-righteous fruit, then they're going to cast you aside. Yeah. Amen. That makes sense. Well, were you um? Uh, what came to mind to me when you were um talking about that a moment ago was uh, do you remember in one of uh, Pastor Greg's classes he was talking about like if you deny me before men then I will deny you um like uh, before my father and he was saying that that uh, mm. word for deny means contradict so if you're contradicting mm. like your identity like you're saying no I'm not perfect mm. then clearly God's not going to agree with you he's going to contradict you mm. by saying yes you are perfect <laughs> of course you are. Man, I read that in his book, but I didn't hear him say that. But hearing you say it now makes a little bit more makes more sense. Mm-hmm. A little bit more light bulbs clicking on for me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. Cool stuff, man. Praise God. Well, um, tell the people uh, if you don't mind 
uh, what what's just the Lord doing in your life? What does your relationship with God look like right now? And just uh, you know, what is what is Jesus to you in this moment, and what is He doing with you, to you, through you, that type of jazz? Man, if you don't mind sharing, yeah, sure. Uh, the Lord's really just been altering my thought patterns on a lot of um, I don't know doctrine that was just kind of. Um, negatively affecting my self-image or my image on like my relationship with him personally um so there have just been a lot of moments where um i don't know i'll just be thinking about something and um just kind of uh thinking about why i don't understand a particular question either word related or um just kind of scriptural something like that i guess that's the same same thing but you know uh, something spiritual and the lord's just kind of you know changing my my thought patterns and revealing stuff to me thought about before and so it's uh, it's really taken me to a new place of relationship to him mm. i um i've gotten kind of out of the habit and uh, this is gonna sound terrible of uh, of reading the word as much as i uh, am used to but i think one of the reasons why that is is because um and uh don't let me get off on this too much but um you know the lord is uh clearly you know in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so mm -hmm. you know uh, not to downplay the the significance of scripture in any way but um god is clearly even in in that specific scripture you can point out that god is more like than just the just a book like um so the word was with god so clearly you know there's god and the word but he's he's one so mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'm really getting confusing nah, here but just go on keep going sure, thanks um so i've uh you know just kind of been trying to get out of the religious practice of like, yeah, I have to be reading the word or else, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not really practicing my identity or something like that. I've, uh, you know, if, if God really, if that, if that were a requirement to be in relationship with the Lord, then Jesus couldn't have had relationship with people for the first 16 centuries after mm. Jesus died. Because, mm. uh, you know, they didn't have printing presses. The common layperson didn't have a Bible. Yeah. Um, so that's, again, not to downplay the significance of reading your Bible on a regular basis. I think it's a huge benefit. Um, but I think I've, uh, I've allowed myself to get into kind of a religious practice of saying that, like, uh, you know, that's what relationship is, mm. is reading your Bible. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe that's a component, but and it's a big component. It's a great benefit. But that's, there's more to relationship with the Lord than that. There's conversation and there's just a lot of, uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff that I'm allowing myself to rediscover now. Mm -hmm. And so before I get back uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of, you know, upping my word time too, but without getting into kind of a way of beating myself up about it. if I'm not doing it enough, if I'm doing it too little, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I know we, I know we talked a couple months ago and I was telling you that I felt like I had just now gotten to the point where I didn't approach the word with a what can I get from this thing mindset. Yes. Because the circles that you and me used to run in were just like absolutely, totally based in, you know, you get, you got to go out and get that daily manna, mm -hmm. which is not an untrue statement, but sure. Um, you know, from this aspect of, uh, what, what, what truth in the word, uh, can I see this, today that will help me live out practically you know what you know which is kind of just not now that i'm thinking about it, it's kind of a servant mindset right yeah give me my orders for the day mm -hmm. so that i can try really hard to do them 
Yeah. You know, when we're just trying to milk the word for what we can get out of them mm-hmm. instead of treating the word like it's Jesus. Yeah. Which is totally different. Yeah. And I felt like I maybe two or three months ago just had broken that habit mm-hmm. just because we were kind of uh, buried under that mindset for so long. Yeah. So, and I know Kylie was that way too. So, and then it was just one day I was like, God, I just want to read this because it's you. Yeah. And, uh, because I, I was doing the same thing. I would look at scripture here and there, but I wasn't like in it like I used to be. Mm-hmm. I was still talking to God all the time. Mm-hmm. I love what you said. Like it's conversation. It's yeah. communing. It's That's what prayer is. It's just intimacy. That's right. And just it's what you and me are doing right now. We're just, mm-hmm. just talking. That's what prayer is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I don't know. To me, it's like it, it, it seems like for people that were in the situation we were in, kind of under the 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 faithy works mindset um it's almost like you have to really get because god wouldn't want you to to approach the word like that yeah so uh i i've seen based off of examples with people it just seems to me like the lord for a time stops them from really diving into the word Mm -hmm. because they're going to dive into it wrong the wrong mindset and Mm -hmm. god's not about that yeah see that's super true i'm uh yeah i don't know that's just really true. I was about to start saying something, but I completely lost my train of thought. So now I'm just going to hand it back to you, man. We're off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, tell people, uh, well, you brought up our church. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about us moving and the Grace Place, a New Covenant church? What's your thoughts on it? What feelings come when you think about us starting the church? Excitement. I think there's a lot of opportunity. I'm really excited for um, just this open door to speak into people's lives and just to help affect and uh, just mold the body um, for good. I mean, I know I've uh, I've always been called to speak on a relationship, and I know you have a big passion for just, you know, encouraging people and leading them into a right uh, relationship with the Lord or seeing them uh, as who they are and having right relationship with the Lord and living that out as, um, you know, just receiving it. And so I, uh, I think it's easy for churches, um, well, I, I guess we've been in, uh, in places before where it seems like there were, uh, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, Brock, I'm getting off and off and off, I really don't there's, know. There's no mm-hmm. plan of action for this whole podcast, so mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm just excited uh, for this opportunity to uh, sow into the body and to uh, yeah, just get back to the Lord and help lead people. And just enjoying who Jesus is mm. and enjoying relationship with him. Amen. Yeah. Um, I know uh, for those of you listening, if you don't know, Blake is kind of kind of, going to be our, not kind of, he is, he will be our care pastor. Um, I guess that's kind of in, interchangeable with assistant pastor and all this, that, and the third. And uh, I guess that'll just, I don't know, in your opinion, what kind of, I hate to use the word duties, but what kind of stuff do you see yourself doing in the church? You know, if you visualized yourself there, what do you see yourself doing most? I see a lot of uh, one-on-one ministry ahead. Mm. I would like to do a lot of, um, I don't know, just uh, ministering to people based on uh, particular questions that they might have. Um, and not necessarily, uh, I know that we we had some great, uh, great teachers. I know that... Um, a lot of that ministry isn't based on just answering questions, but a lot about leading people on the right path 
to discovering truth. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I see myself doing a lot, just sitting in, uh, you know, one-on-one conversations with people or in just smaller uh, groups of conversation where uh, if they have a question, uh, just bringing up a scripture and asking them, like, uh, what do you think that means mm-hmm. in context of your question? Mm. And uh, so just uh, allowing the word to shed light on um, where they want to be and who they are and just allowing it to break bondage and mm. just walk more clearly in their identity in Christ. Mm. Um, I love that you – I just one thing I just thought about when you said ask them questions, mm-hmm. uh, we had Miss Kara Morris over last night who was telling us, who brought up a point that I thought about that just reminded me of things you do. Um, that's how uh, kind of rabbis teach yeah. in like the eastern part of the world. They teach in question form. Really? And if you yeah. think about how many, you know, Jesus asked so many questions, right? Yes, he did. You know, mm-hmm. are you, you know, he, 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 he was used parables. He would kind of almost, you know, he has hidden these things from the wise and revealed them unto babes. And uh, I think that's really cool that that's your approach as well to ministering. You know, it's kind of um, Blake was just telling me earlier about a coworker of his who was saying something, you know, kind of out of line with the heart of God. And Blake was just like, uh, how did you say it? He said, have you ever? Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you know about the story of when um, John the Baptist uh, baptized Jesus? Like uh, mm-hmm. early on in, uh, in Jesus' life, uh, before he started his ministry. And um, so uh, they they said yes, um, that they do remember it, and they summarized it a little bit for me. Um, But they basically gave it from the perspective of, like, you know, Jesus uh, showing some kind of submission and, uh, you know, respect of it was John the Baptist's purpose to give Jesus or to, you know, baptize Jesus and to pave the way for Jesus to come. And so even though John the Baptist recognized Jesus as being like, oh, whoa, you should be baptizing me. Mm. And Jesus said, like, uh, uh, no, this is exactly how it's supposed to go. Uh, something along those lines, you know. Yeah, all and righteousness must be fulfilled. That's it. So, um, yeah, they uh, they gave me basically that summary, and I was like, yeah. And um, when uh, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, they said that they could see um, the Holy Spirit come down on Jesus like a dove, and the voice of God was heard as saying, like, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And that was something that God said about Jesus before he did anything ministerial before he did any miracles um the closest thing he had was where um you know he was back and when he was 12 years old i'm just kind of shedding light on some scriptures um but that was before he did his before his ministry really even started and jesus had already started off um from the plane with his father of him saying this is my son who i love and whom i am well pleased he didn't Mm -hmm. have to do anything to get there Mm -hmm. other than just he that love was based on jesus being his son, on Jesus' identity, not on what Jesus did. Mm. And so I tried to uh, to minister to my coworker uh, just by, you know, saying that that's how God feels about you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, just as he is, so are we in the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just exactly the relationship that the Father has with you. He's satisfied with you. He loves you, and he is well-pleased with you mm-hmm. before you do anything for him. Mm. So, yeah, just not trying to get at it from the perspective of, I want Jesus, I want the Lord to just be satisfied with me, to be happy with me. <laughs> Like you're already there. Wow. So you're telling me all my self-righteous works are worth nothing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of my SpongeBob impressions I pride myself on. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Steamy. 
all all of our righteousnesses is filthy rags Ooh, before the Lord. It doesn't even say our sin is filthy. It's our righteousness, righteousness man. So yeah, I mean, I think the Lord loves it when we when we do the right thing, but I, that's not where our relationship is. That's not mm-hmm. what it's based on. Mm-hmm. That's what what it is is our identity, completely. That, that would be like me only being pleased mm-hmm. when Kylie washes my clothes. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. It, when you boil it down to that, mm-hmm. I would many people would say I'm an unjust man if I if I you know was only pleased with my wife when she did stuff for me. Yeah. And that stuff blesses me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed that my wife keeps keeps a tight home. Right. You know, it might not be the style of living that I prefer, but <laughs> um, you know what? I'm blessed. Yeah. Because it does keep the house clean and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's not why I married her. Yeah. You know, that's I married her for her mm-hmm. because I love her and she loves me and we enjoy each other. Yeah. It's intimacy and there's absolutely no difference we're made in the image of god and if you know we talked about this earlier just looking there's certain aspects of humans that you look at where you can see god in them you know humans do not like rejection humans were not built for rejection mm-hmm. there's no part of rejection in god's plan yeah and god doesn't like rejection mm-hmm. you know that some people would not understand this but like god gets his feelings hurt Mm-hmm. Now, he's not like us where he gets his feelings hurt and then reacts in an uncomely way. Yeah, he's bratty about it. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, I, well, I'm not going to bless him now, you know. Yeah. But his heart still aches, you know. He it does. He doesn't enjoy that his bride doesn't think that it's perfect. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, it says that love, which is God, right? Love rejoices in the truth. So it's when you embrace the truth, that's what God rejoices over. Amen. So, man, where were we going? We're talking about uh, ministering based off of questions. Yeah, which is really cool. It's totally a Jesus thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I've actually never thought about that. I I would really love to employ that more because I'm you know me I'm totally just the cutthroat. Well, blankety blank. Mm-hmm. You know, most times I just say what I think. Yeah. But it would be cooler to be like, hey, well, um, you know, uh, how you know. Hey, did, how does God love Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you think God loves Jesus? Mm-hmm. How does he love him? We talked about earlier, stuff like that, yeah. just to get to the point of that. Yeah, clearly, just unconditionally. Mm. Like, it's just proven in the scripture. Like, it says mm-hmm. he, uh, you pointed this out to me today, Brock. Uh, it says in John uh, 17, 24, 25, that, mm-hmm. he, that the Father loved Jesus before the foundations of the earth. That mm. was before Jesus literally did everything anything but exist Mm -hmm. so he already just further proves it's Mm. just based on existing on your uh identity just as a son as a part of god all of uh, john 17 16 15 14 is just about your position as we are one with the father Mm. he is just pleased with you right there yeah glory Mm -hmm. um i am a going back to talking about ministering to people um i am always uh, insanely impressed by your ability to uh, relate to people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people um, enjoy talking with you and seeking out your comfort. Uh, I feel like you're just very um, relational. Like you, you, you so sympathize with people's problems. And I think that's like such a quality of a trait 
And, you know, even the scriptures in Hebrews talks about, um, you know, what it says, what makes a great high priest? It's the fact that he can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, Mm -hmm. meaning Jesus knows what we feel like, uh, what he didn't experience in his life. He has felt in his death. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that's what makes Jesus the great high priest. And that's why I believe out of the Godhead, Jesus is the easiest to cling to because he's the most, the most human. He's still human. He is human right now sitting on the throne. He's a human being in a glorified body, which is insane to think about. One part of the Godhead is forever human for all eternity, uh, representing, interceding for man just by being a human. Yeah. And, uh, Man, sorry, I just really started thinking about that. Oh, that's so that's what makes Jesus really, um, I almost want to say accessible, you know, and I think people feel that comfort with you. And I think that what that's what makes you such a great um, one-on-one minister. People feel really safe. They feel really comforted. And I just totally see how the Lord's placed those strength in you Thank to you. minister. And you've been saying lately that you... You really, really like the small group aspect. Yeah. That's what you're really into. Would you ever be open to do like a um, a Bible study for the church? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. If I... you could do a Bible study on anything, what would you teach on? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so a Bible study on anything. Would anything. it be like a chapter or a passage or either? Whatever you want. You have free reigns. You can teach on anything. You can teach a whole book. You can teach on a subject, just mm-hmm. anything off the top. What would be your heart's desire to teach a small group? First thoughts are righteousness, mm. um, probably a relationship, of course, um, which, as I already said, I know I've always been called to, to speak on. And, um, oh, gosh, just the love of God. Like, how mm-hmm. deep a subject. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that. that's one that could probably last a lifetime. So... Mm. Yeah, those would be um those would be a blast uh, to host one on. Um, they're yeah. Oh my goodness, I would just be stuck on those forever. Mm, amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could never really squeeze out all of that. Dang. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you you have a heart for youth. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. Um, are you interested? I know you haven't met or got to talk to Mr. Ethan Walraven yet. Who, if uh, anyone listening, if you know Ethan Walraven, he will be our youth pastor mm-hmm. for uh, the Grace Place. Uh, and are you interested at all in uh, helping out the youth at our church? I can't imagine you wouldn't be since you have such a passionate heart for them. I would love to do such a thing. And I am. Oh, one of the things I'm most excited about about this church is meeting all these people that are going to be on staff. I know Brock has uh, super deep roots with all of these people. And he's told me amazing stories about Ethan. Oh, my goodness. I can't mm-hmm. wait to meet this guy. Bing bong. Yep. Oh, oh my gosh. That's a great story. A fantastic story. I'm going to have him on the podcast as soon as he moves to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Can't wait. Yeah. That dude loves Jesus, man. Yeah. The revelation that man gets at such an early stage continually blows me away. And I love it because there's no de-religifying in him. You know, he didn't grow up in church. Yeah. He didn't go to Bible school. Mm-hmm. So he has nothing to uproot. 
It's just taking info and applying it. That is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. I get so excited to see that. And yeah. that's something I'm so excited about in our church. Amen. Like, I, uh, oh, yeah, just bringing people in right to the truth. Mm-hmm. I know that, um, yeah, wrong doctrine can really, um, it can have a kind of a long-term effect. It's nothing that the, that the Lord can't uproot. But yeah. I know that. Um, Takes yeah. a little bit of time, though. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, there was that um, Kenneth Hagin uh, sermon that you that you brought up to me, Brock, mm-hmm. where um, the Lord uh, pulled out uh, like some kind of a Baptist uh, doctrine or something. He was showing him in the spirit like what it looked like. It was as if he pulled out like a tin can. And um, and so uh, then he showed him some kind of, uh, what was it, tradition that he pulled yeah. out. Yeah. And it was like uh, some kind of squid looking thing in the spirit. And it was yeah. like ugly. And he said... Um, yeah, that uh, that doctrine, I um, that that wasn't so hard. The unbelief, the unbelief. I wiped off that unbelief like um, no problem. That was it, but that tradition. <laughs> yeah, even Brother Hagen was like, mm. that was rough to get rid of that tradition. Yeah, so, man. Wow, it's nothing the Lord can't do. But I'd love to listen to that sermon again. Yeah, sometime. Mm-hmm. The sermon's awesome. Uh, back to youth. Uh, what is it about youth? that you enjoy personally why do you enjoy ministering to the youth so much because i'm truly not a youth guy i can take youth in small doses yeah uh, i can go you know once every blah 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 mm-hmm. but it's not my passion it's yeah. not the group of people i feel called to mm-hmm. uh the way i kind of see it i'm 22 i have an open door because i'm young yeah so I might as well use it right before i'm 50 and no one cares yeah uh, but There's this bigger disconnect. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I'm pretty hip. I love the young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in your own words and and heart, what is it about youth that draws you in? Because I mean, you've, I mean, you did youth at our last church for what three years? Oh no, I maybe did it for one. One year. Yeah. Okay. Did you do youth at the church before that? Your home church. I was pretty much in the youth um, mm, before you I were left a youth. Yes, I was a youth. I was uh, I was 20 years old when I moved out from Kentucky, so I had only been out of the youth group for maybe two years, mm-hmm. and I was just attending the uh, the main service uh, in that time. And that what an incredible time of my life! The wow. Lord called me um, one year between uh, college and high school, uh, just to work at a subway in my little hometown, and then just go to church Sunday, Wednesday, and um, hang Sounds out with my awesome. pastor. One of the best years of my whole life pastor mm-hmm. jay atkins at faith church danville nice amazing guy i can't wait to see him and talk to him again. i can't wait to well, meet him sometime, yeah man. oh my gosh i can't wait for you to meet him but um yeah that what a blessed time in my life um youth ministry is uh something that i've um gosh where should i start i guess i know that when i was a youth when i was uh i found out that i was called to ministry I thought you were going to say, when I found out I was a youth. Yes, when I figured out that I was a youth, I was lost. I didn't know where to start. I, um, I found out that I was called to ministry when I was 16, and uh, coming up to that... You um, should totally go into that. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was that like? Sure. What, what, for, the, for the people listening, what does that mean? You found out you were called into ministry. What does that look like? Man. Okay, so for me, I had gotten to a point in my life where I was under so much anxiety, I was under so much depression, I had just completely given up. I didn't see hope uh, forward at any point in my life. I just saw it was pretty much a dead end. And before I had waited like maybe 15 years to realize like that there was nothing, that there was no use, that there was no purpose 
and then just giving up then. I might as well just give up when I was 16. And so I said to the Lord, I was like, God, if you're real, I need to know. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life if you're not real. So I'm just going to have to hear from you, just get some direction. And uh, if not, then I guess my life is over. And so uh, the Lord just showed right up. He just wasted no time. I got direction. I got confirmation. My life was completely turned around. I've just the revelation of just the fact that God was real was so mind blowing to me. That means that everything from Genesis that he took dirt and made a person out of it, he Mm. can do everything anything if he can do that Mm -hmm. why couldn't he turn my life around yeah just that whole revelation completely blew my mind and he was so direct with me that i was called to ministry which was something that was just mind-blowing to me like not only was i i was i was called to be directly into something that the lord considered so purposeful and so important to him i was honored i really was and so i think everybody is um you know, called to ministry is some aspect, maybe not, uh, volu- maybe not even necessarily volunteering in a church, but that you can minister to people in your day-to-day life. But he called me to spend my life um, just volunteering in church or just really directly serving him was such an honor that that was what he made me to do. That was incredible to me. That completely changed my life. Um, so yeah, I guess I just came to a point where yeah, I just needed the Lord to show up, and he did. I don't uh, even remember what the initial question was, but uh, I hope that answers it. Uh, so basically, your life was dirt, Yeah, and he brought life. Amen. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful illustration. Brings it light. full circle. Amen. Um, so yeah, I just know that um, there's so much struggle like in that age group. Mm-hmm. Um, in that early time in your life, there's like so much turbulence. And uh, even statistics now show that... Uh, teenagers uh, face the average level of anxiety that the average asylum patient faced in the 50s, um, which is just insane. There is so much just trying to attack these kids, and they just want the truth. They just need something so bad. And I just know that I have an open door to help them. Mm -hmm. Like uh, one thing that I remember hearing hearing somebody speak on um, was that kids are just looking for someone to pay attention to them. And I feel like that is one of my strong suits. I um I feel like I'm just one of the one of the gifts that the Lord has given me is that I'm a good listener. I'm uh I'm way more comfortable listening than I am talking. Um and kids, like just getting them talking and uh, just seeing them come out of their shell mm-hmm. and be themselves just blesses me so much and building that relationship with them just based on showing them like that I care, that I'll that I'll take the time to listen. Uh, because I definitely do care, and I would happily take the time to listen. Um, I don't like seeing people uncomfortable or feeling like out of place. I uh, I feel like that uh, that really is one of my giftings to help people uh, just feel comfortable and find their place in like a church setting or just uh, feel welcomed. Uh, I feel that is one of my strong suits, and that's something that youth uh, in particular needs so badly. Everybody does, but youth are just so quick to feel alienated and isolated. And under so much anxiety, they feel like people are judging them and pressuring them at every corner. I do not want them to feel that way. I want Mm. everybody to be able to come out of that the way that the Lord brought me out of that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess he's just given me a ministry to help do so and just be a voice and be a reflection of his heart to bring them out of that. 
Amen. Yeah. Yeah, being a uter is hard. Yeah. It's uh, your feelings. They feel so real. Yep. You you have you have no other filter than how you feel. Yeah. Unless you're just you know from a child brought up in the word of the Lord, but yeah. that's few and far between. Yep. That's definitely one of my goals as a parent is to, from the jump start, I only speak words of life to my child. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna start as soon as I find out that Kylie's pregnant, whenever that is. I'm just going to speak to that baby all the time. You know, when I wake up in the middle of the night and that baby's crying, I'm going to hold it and I'm just going to say, you're just perfect. You are perfect in the Lord. You're beloved. You're loved by God. You're loved by me. You're loved by your mother. Like That's like my goal to just pour into my children. That way, when they are 16 years old, they all they've heard for 16 years is, you're perfect in the Lord. You lack nothing. This is who you really are. You you are in relationship with God. Because that's I off the top I can't think of anybody that was raised like that. Yeah. Um, I thank God that for everything that my mom and my dad poured into me. That's awesome. My mom, my dad, my stepdad, everybody that had a hand in raising me, even my sisters, like my pastor. Uh, in that year and in that interim when I was just going to church and everything, mm-hmm. even my pastor would tell me, he was like, man, your parents are just incredible. Like I mm. see what they did as there is just nothing more important than just pouring life wow. into your kids and pouring love into them. And I just know that that's what your mom and dad did wow. with you. And man, that is so true. Mom, dad. My stepdad, Jerry, who I call my dad, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they just friends with my dad. Yeah, indeed, indeed, yeah. Um, if anybody hasn't watched Don't Knock Me, I'm scared. That would be, yeah, that's what that's from. But anyway. The, the two people yeah, that yep. listen to this thing will get it. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they, I just am so thankful uh, for the way that they raised me. They did an incredible job. I couldn't be more thankful for my parents. So. Amen. So anyways, tying that in, um, Man, yeah, so if you don't have that firm foundation, which is I off the top, I can't think of any kid that, I mean, I and the, the grace revelation that you're perfected in the spirit and how yeah. to operate in grace yeah. is um at least in the way that it's being taught right now is pretty fresh. So no one before now has really, I think, had the opportunity to birth children into that. I don't think they've had the opportunity. So you haven't seen the fruit of the kids that's going to be produced by the parents of the people that are really into grace, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I'm excited to do. But if you don't have that, man, being a teenager is rough. Yeah. It is rough. Yep. And 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 you feel – I felt so isolated. Mm-hmm. I felt like nobody understood me. I felt like an outcast. I feel like no matter how hard I tried – excuse me uh, – there's no way that I could make – people understand how I felt, how I yeah. thought. Just isolation and the enemy totally plays on that. The yeah. enemy is very sly when you're a teenager because I think, you know, they say your teenage years are some of the most impress- uh, impressionable years. Yeah. Which is just so that'll either make you or break you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm convinced, man, if you can just – 
if you can raise a kid up in in the Lord uh, till he's about eighteen, and then you know you just let him do his thing. You know, what does it say? The word doesn't come back void. Train a child up in the way that he shall come. And he that will he shall not depart from yeah. it when he is old. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, uh, man, the youth are crazy important. Really, yeah. everyone's important for really different reasons. Indeed, yeah. But uh, It's I, never too late to show somebody that love and just be mm-hmm. impressionable to them. But, I mean, all the more those youth years, when you're right, they are just so impressionable. And The seeds need... that are planted then mm-hmm. will take root yeah. for the rest of their lives. It's true. So it's a little harder to miss to adults sometimes because they have such deep roots mm-hmm. in unscriptural things and doubt and fear and uh, negativity. Uh, but children, or I say children, children really, yeah, that them too, and teenagers, you can just, man, if you can just break through the wall. Yep. And teenagers are difficult because kids, you can tell a kid something and they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and they'll believe you. Yeah, isn't that cool? It's awesome. That's why I like I like kids ministry. Me and Blake do kids ministry a lot at our church, and we have a great time. Um, you know Debbie's little granddaughter. Yes, I do. Um, uh, what's her name? I forget too. I almost said Hanessa, but that's the other one. That's the other one. Yeah. Uh, I I'm tripping. I cannot remember her name. I know it's a D name. It's not Danielle. My yeah, it is Danielle. Yeah, you're right. Good memory. Mm-hmm. Uh. She, Debbie, her grandmother told me the other day, I saw she was like, she was like, Danielle is always asking me, when are Blake and Brock going to teach again? Oh, yeah. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. Those kids like us. Wow. We like those kids. They're awesome. Of course. But teenagers are like, they got walls up. They do. They are not um, as open. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they, they will ride off. Mm-hmm. Um, almost immediately anything you have to say because you're older, yeah. you look different, you like different stuff. Right. You're not in the same circles. You don't understand their based red pill Chad lingo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. We're pretty blessed, though, with our teenage group. We are. Our youth. We do a little – me, Blake, and Kylie do a, uh, a ute group at our house on Mondays, mm-hmm. and uh, they're pretty cool, so we got off – pretty lucky i'll have to say we did yeah they um they say that uh rules without relationship creates rebellion mm. and so we've just been in a process of just wow. building relationship with these kids and they have just been receiving from us more and more uh, just the more time that we're able to spend with them and really just show them like we said that we just we really do deeply care about them mm-hmm. yeah we got some pretty some pretty sharp kids that know Jesus. Indeed. Some answers that yeah. really blow me away. I wish I could have known what they know when I what they know right now when I was 16, 17, 18. I concur. It's pretty impressive. Very happy to see them growing up in this revelation. It's awesome. Do you think when you were maybe 15 or 16 um if someone came to you with the grace message, the gospel message, do you think you would have received it? Oh, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I um, I would have run it by my uh, pastor at the time first. Uh, well, actually, I guess that was before I started going to faith church. Um, so um, it depends. I think it's easy uh, when you're a youth to feel skeptical. Um, just uh, I think we're uh, kind of in a, in a phase where everybody's just taught to be skeptical of authority uh, to some extent. And so uh, it really depends on who I would receive it from, which uh, all the more 
um, important that you would see, uh, you know, rules of that relationship or, you know, having a relationship with somebody opens that avenue for them to speak into your life. Um, so I guess if they were somebody that spoke in the chapel, I guess what I'm getting at is it would depend if they were a random person off the street mm-hmm. and how they went about it. Like what I'd interpret it as this is a crazy person or, oh, okay, this is somebody who studied the word mm-hmm. and, um, you know, knows what they're talking about. Wow. Um, I don't know if I would have received it. Yeah. But I was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Bible says that your spirit bears witness with the truth. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit bears witness with you. Yeah. So I might have received it, and I was searching hard for anything I could to find meaning in mm-hmm. subconsciously. Yeah. So I might have received it. I'm not sure. Um, side thought here. Um, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. You're one of them tongue talkers. Yes, that's me. Um, I don't know if I know your story of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I, I don't was... know if I've ever asked you that. Yeah? I would love for you to share. Of course. I was... um. So my mom, thank goodness. Uh, so my, my mom, my mom, <laughs> um, she <laughs> she was um, she was raised uh, Presbyterian, which uh, her the dad frozen chosen. Uh, yes, I don't know what that means, but that means uh, they don't raise their hand or move, and they're just very quiet. Yeah, well, uh, I've I've gone to a couple Presbyterian services, and they're they're starting to raise their hands now. They're breaking Whoa. down some walls. Yeah, Whoa, they a little adventurous, lifting but, up um, holy hands. That's right, <laughs> and. Um, they, uh, yeah, so my mom's uh, dad, my grandpa, mm-hmm. on my mom's side, he was, uh, he was a Presbyterian pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she was raised in the church that way. But when she was in college, um, she just got a great group of friends, and one of them just ministered to her um, along more lines of, like, Pentecostal charismatic stuff. And she got baptized in the Holy Spirit in college, and she, um, you know, started to uh, kind of align her beliefs more uh, there um, when she got to be an adult. And so uh, naturally she raised us. Uh, we went to uh, Pentecostal churches or just churches that believed in like the Holy Spirit. And uh, when I was uh, six years old, I was baptized. When I was 11 years old, uh, we were going to a church called Redemption World Outreach in Greenville, South Carolina. The pastor was um, Ron Carpenter, who's still kind of a big voice now. It's a great he, name. Yeah, indeed, yes. <laughs> it's just a cool name. Indeed. And um, so I remember getting baptized in the Holy Spirit in one of the um, little kids' services when I was 11. Wow. Yep. So pretty young. Pretty young. I did not know that. Yeah. My mom told me about it when I was super little, like maybe when I was seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I remember she was talking to us about the Bible, and she described it to us. And me and my younger sister, Lauren, we were like, whoa, what, what does it sound like? And uh, she uh, she told us that she could do it. And we were like, oh, do it, do it real quick. Do it. <laughs> and so um, I knew it was real because, you know, my mom did it. That's and awesome. so, uh, yeah, once they um, they just had a service, like the one Sunday morning in the little kid's service. And we're like, yeah, if you want to start praying in tongues too, just come on up to the front. And so they laid hands and prayed uh, and prayed for everybody. And I got it then. Wow. All I had was like one sentence in the spirit. I don't know if you had an experience like that or anything. Um, but then um, I had one like sentence kind of in my prayer language that I would say over and over until I was 20. I moved out here to Rama. Wow. Or not to Rama. To, um, to <laughs> wow. I started going to, uh, to college out here. And um, then somebody, you know, just prayed for me that my uh, prayer language would expand. And it has. And, you know, mm. just, you know, just been flowing in the spirit ever since. Wow. That's crazy. Do you remember when we... Uh, we were not close friends at all. We were just friends by association of Tim. That's right. For a long time, actually. Yeah, for quite a bit. Uh, we didn't hang out, which I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we went that long. I know. Without hanging out. Um, 
but I knew we were going to be friends. Um, but do you remember when it was like you, me, Tim, and AB, we prayed at Tim's house and his kitchen table. Yep. I think that was the first time I might've hung out with you outside of seeing you in school. I think it was. And we prayed in tongues and excuse me. It was just, that's just a funny memory. I haven't thought about in a long time. That was a grand old time. I remember that. Man, what do you remember thinking and feeling when you were 11 and you, and you spoke in tongues and you know, like, what was it? Did you feel anything? You know, I know obviously some people have just wonderful spiritual experiences some people don't experience anything at all you know do you even remember like how you felt what you thought what was going on i remember being so excited wow. that i just had this one sentence in my prayer language wow and so uh one of the That's guys adorable yeah it was a, it was a really big church so they had you know multiple you know leaders for doing the little kid service and yeah. um uh, he went around and he was asking people he was like did you receive it blah blah, blah. and then he uh, he came to he came to me he was like were you able to are you speaking in tongues now and i just kept saying it over and over like uh, everything that i had in my prayer language wow. i was just so excited he was like oh, okay so right. awesome <laughs> so yeah i was really i was really enthralled did you pray in tongues a lot um over the years no, I did not because I uh, I guess I was never really taught the purpose or mm. like what it accomplished in the spirit, what the reason for it was. <coughs> I would have times in middle school um, when I thought um, that I was like getting sick or that I was like about to like that I was about to get ill or throw up or something. And I would just remember like walking home with some friends and uh, when they were like far off having their own conversation, I would just repeat that one thing I had in the spirit like over to myself. I was like, I'm not going to get sick right now. I'm not sick. <gasps> and so that was that was about the closest thing that I had. And Interesting. I, that was one of the ways I knew it was from the Lord was because I remembered those syllables. Wow. My entire life up to that point. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's yeah, that was the only time I used it. Wow. I'm so glad I asked about that because I've never heard that story. Yeah. You. Man, so now when you pray in tongues, what is it? What's your experience? Oh, well, I'm praying in tongues is a lot more therapeutic for me now. Mm, it's not it's such a great word yeah. to use to describe that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's really really lovely. I um I I don't think that um you know, clearly it's not a necessity to be saved or anything, but mm -hmm. I think it's such a great advantage to have um just to be able to speak to the Lord like when you don't know what to pray when you know what you should pray, but you don't know how, you know, mm -hmm. I know that the scripture says stuff like that. Uh, just to be able to just let your spirit just let loose. I, um, mm -hmm. one of the things I think about about heaven a lot, and I don't know if this is, you know, weird to think, but like, uh, they say that there are four or five different, uh, steps of communication. It's like the thought that you want to communicate the words that you use to communicate it mm -hmm. or, and like what you mean behind that is a separate step. Then it's what the person hears you say mm. and what the person interprets you as saying. Mm. So there's like so many steps to get mm. that thought, that initial thought that you have uh, jumbled up. And so one of the things that I'm excited about about heaven is we won't have to rely on language anymore. Mm. Or maybe we will. I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, um, I don't know. Of course not. Yeah. We won't have to rely on like a physical language to communicate our thoughts anymore. We'll just be able to like communicate directly without mm -hmm. having to have all those steps where it can possibly get jumbled. Um, and so I think that praying in tongues is a lot like that. Like mm. you have uh, you have something like you're afraid about or something you're uncomfortable about or something you know you should be praying about, but you don't know how, but you do in your spirit. And mm. so you don't have to try and like formulate it into words about how you want to pray about it or um, stuff like that. You can just... <laughs> pray directly from that step of this is what I want to pray about. 
Wow. I don't know if that I've never sense. heard anybody say that in my life. Yep. That's a genius thought. I think that's super cool. Yeah, man. Um, I've been meaning to. This is probably like the fourth time I've mentioned it. So anyone listening is probably like, yeah, where is it at though? I want to do a series on praying in tongues. Yeah, I I'm would like, love that. I, yeah, maybe I'll have you on. Maybe I have you on that to talk about it, but thanks. No, uh, I would love to hear you talk about it because I don't, I don't really know very much about it other than that. You know, what would be cool would to take what would be to get clips, short clips of people, different people talking about what praying in tongues means to them. Yeah, and then just play them all. That would be cool. I think that would be really cool. I might yeah. do that, but uh, that would be one you could do visual for easy. I feel like. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't know visual. I'm just, it's just too much work. I see. Way too much work. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I get too burdened by it. And that's not how Jesus is. Yeah. This is just so much more relaxed to me, in my opinion. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think I have a lot of people that listen and that are filled with the spirit and do pray in tongues, but they don't know exactly all the scriptural, uh, references to it. Yeah. Man, my stomach is like churning from that coffee. Okay. We have to take an intermission. We <laughs> oh, no. A little poop break. <laughs> a little potty break on the potty. Counting all things dumb. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. things dumb, dung. Is what That's I mean. right. Yeah. That's right. What goes in the mouth goes out into the drought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a Jesus quote. Amen. Um, I probably quote that three times a week. Yeah. You just would be surprised at how often you get to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I won't go <laughs> too much into praying in tongues, but I, I definitely really do want to expand on that for people and show the scriptural stuff, give my experiences. There's my wife with her poor canker sore in her mouth. No way. No way. Ah, uh, so. Breaking news, people. Uh, the doctors thought my wife had herpes. Oh, really? It's a canker sore, though. No, that's kind of crazy, though. Indeed. Wow. Well, if we need to do something else after this. Let me know. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, uh, I've heard briefly your story about getting baptized in the spirit. It was a Burger King parking lot when you were like five or six or something. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I can, I have not, I don't remember when I got born again, of course. Mm-hmm. I was too young. Yeah. I really wish I could. Mm-hmm. And I asked the Lord, I'm like, show me that moment. I want to see it. Wow. I want to, ex- I want to see what, I just want to see me as a little child being like, I want Jesus. Yeah. It sounds so cool. But I remember getting baptized. I was in my car seat behind my mom on the driver's side. My brother to the right of me, I think it, Daniel was in his car seat. Or no, Daniel wouldn't have been born. Or maybe he was just an infant, infant baby. Um, but Jordan was next to me. And my I remember my mom turning around. We were eating Burger King. Mm-hmm. And I was eating chicken nuggets. And my mom was like, yeah, um, you, the, God just has a helper called the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you can just ask for him just to come into your life and and to, I don't know, you know, just explained it really simple to a kid. Yeah. You know, I don't know if she said you're going to speak in tongues. I don't mm-hmm. remember. I'd have to ask her. 
But uh, I remember like, yeah, sure. And then just instantly started speaking in tongues. Wow. I think like a full prayer language, like just without hesitation. Oh, amazing. And I remember at five years old thinking, like literally my thought was, yo, there's something in these chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, that was my thought. I was wow. like, wow, Burger King's got, God uses Burger King or something. Amen. And I remember being freaked out, but um, yeah, I've been praying in tongues for a long time. Um, there was a time period when I was a sophomore. I don't know if you know this, but I had uh, really gotten into God mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, I would read like Philippians chapter four. And be like, I don't have anxiety and stuff. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm careful for nothing. And um, I was just learning about Jesus and I found a Facebook post from like seven years ago the other day because it shows you your past post. And uh, and I don't know. I See, I'm about to be 22. What's 22 minus 7? That's going to be 15? Swag. At 15 years old, I posted I posted John 15, 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, but I call you friends. Amen. And as a 15-year-old, I posted that, and then I said, see, Jesus is our friend. So simple. Amen. So simple. At 15 years old, I even understood that, even though I didn't understand That's okay. jack squat about the Bible. Yeah. But I knew Jesus was totally God, and I know he was real. And I know later in life I sought out different things and made them my God. But I knew in my heart, like I said earlier, even when in my dying moments or where I thought I was going to die, I knew Jesus was real, and I was excited to see him. And uh, But when I was 15, man, I was reading the Bible every day and, like, you know, uh, my parents, you know, kind of, def you know, confess the word and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I'd speak out the word. And I remember I'd wake up and I'd pray in tongues all morning and, like, take a shower and, like, pray in tongues. And, like, you know, that was up until I came back to the Lord when I was 19. That was, like, the most spiritually fueled moment of, uh, you know, like, five months of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's no coincidence that it uh, – coincided with how much I was praying in tongues just because it stirs you up so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my experience with praying in tongues. Uh, I always find it really interesting hearing people that were a little older that got it. Cause obviously when you're a kid, you don't mentally perceive everything. You just, uh, you let your heart guide you Yeah. when you're a kid, you don't have perception. That's true. Which is a really good thing in some senses. Yeah. And, uh, but I like hearing people that were a little bit older, even 11 years old, because it seems like there's a lot more development that went along with it. Mm -hmm. My dad, he was 18 when, when he got his. And the, uh, what church was that in Atlanta? Uh, uh, what's that place called? My great aunt Sarah goes there. Um, gosh darn it. Mount Perrin, maybe? Something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's it. But anyways... He got it. They like uh, brought him back to this back room and prayed for him, and he got the. But the only thing he could say was Obadiah. Obadiah. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Which is a book of the Bible. Yeah. So he did, Obadiah, 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 Obadiah. He just kept repeating that, mm -hmm. and then I guess developed it over time. I believe that's the main antagonist from the first Iron Man movie as well. Is it really? Yeah, his name was Obadiah something. Wow. Was Jeff Bridges' character. Anyway. Wow. Uh, side note. Amen. Extreme side note. Obadiah is a weird name. Dias. Not as cool as Malachi, though. Yeah. Or Hosea. Malachi's a good one. Jehoshaphat. Mm. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Uh, Methuselah. Methuselah. Young Thu. Yeah. <laughs> On the track. Um, How old was Methuselah? Far from young. 
<laughs> Even yeah. though it's really just a state of mind. But. Yeah, he lived longer than his dad. Mm-hmm. But his dad was like, peace out, sucker. Enoch. <sighs> Ebrock. <That's> not... <laughs> Wait a minute, so he outlived his dad? Yeah. I feel like that's not unusual. I feel like most people outlive I'm their sorry. Dad. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Let's consult the scriptures here. Amen. Oh, yeah, one other thing I wanted to mention about praying in tongues. One of the Go for it. my favorite ways to use it now in that same way of, like, praying for things without having to, you know, formulate it into words. Whenever you're in worship, just throwing in some tongue stuff just to praise the Lord. Like, you don't have to formulate it into words just to thank God for things or just tell him how wonderful he is. You can just, like, just love on him, like, mm. with your prayer language. I love doing that. Oh, man. Smith Wigglesworth called praying in tongues a love language. Yeah. And I've always held on to that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's such a good, because it's your spirit praying. And yeah. You're one with Jesus, and he is love, <laughs> and you are love. <laughs> and you're just, yeah, it almost feels like you're kissing each other. It's like you're just letting God kiss you like a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. It's just so intimate. Mm-hmm. There's something so precious about it. Yeah. Man. Okay, so what I meant to say was uh, Methuselah died before his dad. Methuselah died before his dad? Because mm-hmm. Enoch never died. He was translated. Oh, he was translated, of <laughs> course. Yeah. Cool. So uh, I think, I think Enoch and Elijah are the two prophets in the book of Revelation. Cool. For one reason. In Hebrews, it says that all men have to suffer death. All men. Uh Uh-huh. And these are the only two guys in all of history that never died. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like it has to be those two because they never died. They're the prophets sent back. Okay, so yeah. So in Revelation, it's prophesied that two prophets will come back during the time of tribulation? Yes. um, Kind of the last half of the tribulation these two prophets come and are just baller the enemy comes and they're like they speak out words people die on the spot fire comes out of their mouth whoa whether that's metaphorically or for real either way people die yeah i mean this is a whole different um obviously dispensation indeed indeed. um this is after thousands of years of the lord waiting Mm -hmm. and giving people the opportunity to know him right and uh so yeah, and, and so those two prophets, they just come out of nowhere, and they just speak for the Lord, and uh, then they die, and then they're resurrected mm-hmm. three and a half days later. Yeah. So I think— That's cool. Yeah, it's super random, but that's what I think about. But I think the story of Enoch is like top five favorite Bible stories for me. Yeah. By far. Mm-hmm. Enoch is just—I just love it. It says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And I'm like, that's just my goal in life mm-hmm. is to be not, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. not participating in this world so far gone. That is cool. In relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That God just takes you to another way of living. Yeah. You know, just operating so, you know, I've heard stories of Andrew Womack where he said he was in Vietnam and it just <gasps> didn't even feel like he was in war. Yeah. Because he was so in love with Jesus and he knew Jesus loved him. It is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be an amazing goal. Um, that was um, when I, in that same time when I was 16, found out I was called to uh, to ministry and everything. Man, just opened up a whole new door of relationship with the Lord like I had mm-hmm. never experienced in my life. I was so happy. That was another one of like my 
oh, I just love that entire era of my life where I just, mm -hmm. um, me and, uh, I was living with my dad and my stepmom and my younger brothers and sisters. And we had a house on the beach for a little bit for three mm. months. Um, and so I would just basically, all I did, um, they pulled me out of school so I could go to a private school, but they, um, there was like three months where they didn't have me at the private school. They had to interview me first, but they just kept putting it off. <gasps> so there were like three months where I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to worry about anything. I just what? got to be with the Lord. And what? so I would surf, I would play old video games and I would like watch, um, I don't know, anime and YouTube videos. And I just got to be with the Lord the whole time. It was like the best era of my life ever up to that point like it, i had gone from like the mm. deepest depression and anxiety straight there was beautiful i just yeah that was so cool that is awesome yeah man mm -hmm. i bet that was so much fun it was awesome man it was so great that initial precious time with the lord before you get bogged down by religion yeah is like there's it's it's the it's it's comparable to the, you know, I, I, I use this in the natural terms, to the honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. You know, I know obviously we believe it's not just some feeling with the Lord and then the rest of your life is toil. No, it right. actually goes the opposite. It goes up. Yes, it indeed. It gets better with Jesus. Better. And uh, that's how when you're, when you have that relationship with Jesus, that's how your actual natural marriage is too. And, uh, but dude, yeah, I, I so... Mm -hmm. know exactly what you mean that precious time when yeah when i came out of the lord just me and jesus man delivering pizzas mm -hmm. wasn't hanging out with many people mm -hmm. just enjoying him right him enjoying me yeah so I simple know. all this pressure of so like, simple you know, gotta be reading the word this much or i gotta be doing this or that i was like no the you Lord's wanted with to do me it all the mm -hmm. time wow i knew exactly how much i just like kept receiving new knowledge of how much he loved me every day wow oh it was so cool and then i i was just in this new phase of seeing everything through the lens of like god is real and god created this and mm. this and this and how does god look at this and mm. i just got to look at the world through that lens for the first time in my life every day it was so cool like bees mm. i'm sorry don't let me get too off on oh, the, no on the topic no. here how dare you talk about the love of god on this <laughs> podcast Forgive me. Forgive me. Um, oh, my gosh. Man, I just realized, like, bees, right? Okay, so yellow is the most, uh, it's, like, the most vibrant and, like, eye-catching or recognizable color that the human eye or the human brain can perceive, right? Yeah. So he puts it against black so it'll stand out more on mm. bees so that, uh, you know, you'll be able to see them coming. And then he gives them a stinger to protect themselves so that nobody will get in the way of them doing their job of, like, pollinating flowers and just making the world a more beautiful place. I don't know. Just thinking about tiny stuff like that. Like God designed that so intentionally and mm. so perfectly. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. That blew my mind when I was 16. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can when you're in a relationship with Jesus, you're just looking at like water. Yeah. And you're like, you're so amused by water. You know, you think about like, you made water. So awesome. Even after the fall, you anticipated the fall of man and you made water so malleable that it could transcend sin and no sin. Yeah. And just water. You're like, it takes so many forms. You use it for so many things. It's just so awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're entertained by water, mm -hmm. something so simple and just blown away. I think I've told you this story and maybe other people have heard it. But one time I was watching a bunch of videos with Jesus and it was just consolations and things that are like light years away. 
And I was looking at these pictures and these videos, and I was like, God, I was like, you've been creating these stars for thousands of years with humans not even having the technology to be able to see them, and yet you've been making these other universes and galaxies and whatnot. And I was like, why would you do that? And he was like, for the culture. Which, if you don't know, was a huge Brock saying yeah. forever. Yeah. I need to bring that back. Sure do. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Just that, what a beautiful response from our Lord. I thought that was so funny. The God of all creation. Like, yeah, for the culture. Yeah. yeah. And then I and then he pointed me towards Revelation 4.11, which is all things were created for his pleasure. Yeah. Just to think that God delights in this one little star that no human's eyes will ever lay lay eyes on. No human will ever lay eyes on. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sentences. Of course. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Indeed. Uh, uh, that's insane to think God's like, I just like this star. I think it looks really cool. You know, yeah. creating things in the ocean that humans might never see mm-hmm. the depths of it. Yeah. You know, just, it's just insanity how, and you know, you can see that totally reflected in humans, right? Obviously yeah. humans want to be glorified for their art and whatnot, but mm-hmm. the creative component, mm-hmm. you know, just that desire to, I want to make something. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amen. Even even to the point of humans reflected to the point of, you know, me and my wife, oh, we love our life so much. Let's create an entirely, an entire other human being that can experience life on the level that we experience. That's how, that's how close, how similar to God humans are. Yeah. We reflect him without even trying. Yeah. It mm. says we perceive like the glory of God as though looking in a mirror. Mm. Blessed. Amen. That's so cool. Well, uh, I think we can wrap it up here. No. Enjoying yourself? Yeah, yeah. I'm having a great time. Any other, anything you can think about you wanted to you wanted to talk about? Anything pressing? You know, anything else you wanted to say? Dude, bless God. Just the fact that God does not love you based on your utility, on your <sighs> purpose, like just on you being a tool for his use, that is not what he meant when he said that the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we don't love people based on what they can do for us. We just love people because we love people. Jesus loves us independent of that. Wow. Um, yeah, he'll always love us. I don't know. That uh, that whole dealio, I think that's just the only thing pressing me. Amen. Yeah. I Yeah, it's, it's I can't wait to have a baby so that I can really know what it feels like to mm-hmm. watch a baby sit there and poop his pants and just <laughs> and just think, I love you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. watch a baby play with grass mm-hmm. and just be so like satisfied. Mm-hmm. That baby's doing nothing. I talk about that in the book. I talk about a baby does nothing. It actually does the opposite of nothing. It, it messes things up. It ruins things. It's true. Yet you find such delight in a baby. That's right. So the perfect form of grace, really. Yeah, God's the same way. Even more, right? Even you know, more. much more now that we are the children of God, as the scriptures say. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you, Mr. Helm. Thank you for having me, for Brock. joining us. I know you bless the people. Um, we all just bless you, mm-hmm. and uh, thank you, people, for listening. Uh, be on the lookout for I don't know whatever's next. Any last words, Blake? Love you guys. Love you, Brock. Thank you for having me. No worries. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Amen. I'm, I'm sure you'll be back on again, hopefully sooner. Amen. All right. Y'all have a blessed rest of the whatever. Bye. Amen.